This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio in the Town Hall Academy, week 335. Good to have you here. You know, we're on YouTube, everyone. I was talking to Tracy. She said, Dad, 100% of everything we do on Remarkable Results Radio is on YouTube. If you'd like to see what we're doing and who the peoples are and sometimes our crazy expressions, please watch our YouTube channel and go to podchaser.com. Leave us a review. So we're going to talk about ChatGPT with us. It seems to be the rage. Everyone is talking about it. And if you haven't played with ChatGPT or any other AI, including the incredible AI that Google is forcing in front of us, BARD, I think they call it, right? And every time I do a request, I get an AI dump first, and I find it, oh, God, I was thinking of that. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll introduce my panel. Here is Tara Topol from Topol Service Center, Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Hey, Tara. Hi, Carm. Tara was with me. Great episode. It was last October, Aftermarket Weekly 127, and we saw a great tour of her brand new, gorgeous Taj Mahal building. Is it done? I mean, because it wasn't 100% done back then. It's getting there. there. I don't know if it'll ever be done, but we'll see. <laughs> you said that every single time I've talked to you. Well, we're still working on it, Carl. We're still working on it. Andy Bizup is here. Midwest Performance Cars, Chicago, three locations. Hey, Andy. Hey, how are you? So good to have you here. Is the third one real? Uh, it's uh, opening in mid-July. And my friend, Greg Buckley, you're all my friends, but I've known Greg ever since I started back in 2015, Buckley's Auto Care, Wilmington and Millsboro, Delaware. Hey, Greg. Hey, Carm. How is everybody doing? We are great. Hey, I want to stop and uh, give a high five to our great, great sponsors. You know, priorities change in a heartbeat. So shouldn't your shop management system reflect that? Well, if you use shopware, it does. The built-in expediter lets you shuffle jobs around based on on real time for maximum efficiency do yourself a favor get shopware.com and are you up to date on your training delphi technologies is proud to offer over 30 courses run by ase certified in, uh, technicians for you the professional turn to the oe aftermarket supplier with over 100 years of experience the parts your cars are born with love that inquire today at delphiaftermarket.com here's the thought guys Content creation, blogs, drafting articles, newsletters, brainstorming ideas, market research. Hmm. Let me see. How many adults that earn this kind of money that live in a single family household within 10 miles of my house? I'll bet you AI gives it to you in seconds. And if you were going to do some Facebook ads and you were really going to target, wouldn't that help you maybe narrow? It's just a crazy thought. Appointment scheduling, possibly, if it's in the SMS which is kind of an AI. It's not about ChatGPT, but it is an AI feature today. And I know you're doing some very interesting things, Tara, with AI. You said to me that you're currently using AI to update your team member handbook. I'm fascinated. I think it's one of those things where you know, have to put yourself in a certain mindset to really focus on those in and amongst the day-to-day -day business. And it's something I find myself putting off or referring to the fact that we're updating it but I've been doing that way too long now. So just being able to put in my thoughts and exactly what I'm looking for and have that within seconds versus something that would normally take me probably hours has been a really big um, efficiency builder for running the business. Give me an example. So our old handbook that was written in 2011 had like health and safety at the end of our handbook. And I've realized that that's something that actually needs to be first, um, health, safety, and wellness. 
So that was my focus was to ask about, you know, an introduction for health, safety, and wellness. And I got a really nice introductory paragraph. And then I just kind of kept dialing in for specifics of what I was looking for. And it just gave it to me. My question to everyone on this panel, and listen, I've played with it, no doubt, right? I don't think you could use it uh, verbatim. And have you ever taken some stuff and said, I'm going to paste it just like it is? Or are you going to put the Greg, the Andy, the Tara thing in it? Isn't that a warning we need to give to our industry? Without a doubt, you can use chat or BART or, you know, AI, you know, for many things. And we all are. We're all experimenting with it. But we can't take our own individual intelligence out of anything that's written. We always have to, you know, double check, cross check. We have to add our own influence into the content that's being presented to us. And that's one of the scary things that I see with AI completely. Um, I'm not a an opponent to it. I, I kind of lean towards me being a proponent because of simply what Tara has just started to use it for. It supplements some of the things that we may not think about. And, you know, it's like a jump off point. However, if we start to lean on it too much, I mean, there are really mental situation. I mean, it's like physically we start to subjugate our our own intelligence into a chat or an AI situation. And we stop thinking in real terms, real world. But getting back to the point of how we use chat and what we use it for, I think that there are benefits to it. We just can't really lean into it as much as what we are being presented with. And I look at this now as, you know, once the media got a hold of it, everything is AI. When you come up with a calculation using a calculator, is that AI? I mean, it's an automated answer. Two plus two equals four or two times two equals four, whatever. All that's been there. And so the media is now coming up with big hype. This is automated. This is artificial intelligence. And clearly it's really not. But I think that there's purpose for it. We people, us, have to be intelligent enough how to use the tool. Andy, I'm sure you agree. After Greg just had this wonderful soliloquy, I'm thinking of a diet. I've got this here. You can do this. You have this tolerance to that. And he says, oh, what do I pick? Right? It's like, what do I pick? Carm, you're reading my mind. I'm just going to set this up as an analogy to cooking, right? It's really good at cutting, slicing, dicing, chopping, doing all your ingredient prep. But when it comes to actually putting the dish together and the cooking technique, that comes down to having some skill as a chef. So AI can do a lot in an employee handbook, man, and sit down and go type out an employee handbook. That is mind-numbing stuff. But have AI just churn out paragraphs and pages of content, and then you go over and just proof it and make the corrections. I wouldn't let anything that AI wrote out into the wild on a bet because it will have like glaring mistakes or outright falsehoods in it, which you can go and correct. And the reason why I started playing around with it and found the value in it, because I have a writing background, AI will produce completely mediocre writing product with no style at all. It's pap, right? It's pulp. You proof it and you add your own style into that article. You can come up with a really great piece. As I was listening to Tara talk about the manual and some of the paragraphs and you, Andy, and you, Greg, I I wrote down the word personality and I wrote down the words culture personality, meaning if you get this raw stuff, here's the carrot. It's raw. What do I do with it? Oh, million things, right? You can bake it. You could cook it, whatever. 
And I think when someone wants to read something that Greg, Tara, or Andy is going to pen and or any policy from a company, if it doesn't feel like it's from you, if it doesn't feel like it's part of what we're here and what we're about, it's phony. Going back to what we were all saying about chat and AI, one of the things that was very interesting, as soon as it came out, you know, I jumped in and I'm a subscriber, so I paid it 20 bucks and get down deep into it. But one of the first things that I did was I asked it to describe a procedure on replacing a steering bushing for a Hyundai Sonata that we were actually doing. And I said, well, let me describe this. I created a video on it and put it on YouTube and did the procedure, what it took. Well, I got to tell you, it was pretty damn good. It was really exact. And I said, wow, okay. So I trimmed it up a little bit, detailed it out. And then I really used it as the content base for the YouTube video. No penalties, no Google, no nothing like that. But it really described it very well. And I gave it, a, I gave, I gave that an A to use. And then other things that I would use it for, and I'm, I'm constantly using it now, is describing the procedures that we do. And again, I'm letting it roll and then I'm going back in and filtering it, changing it where needed. And I'm using it in my repair orders as procedures, you know, like changing power steering hose. Well, purpose of hose and then line by line, what do we do? How do we do it? So the client will see a, a list of procedures that we do to complete the job. But you know what they are, Greg, but you just use chat GPT to help you write some of the ands, us, thus, buts, all the words. I look at it like, give me the at-a-glance version of it. It's not like I don't know, but it's the at-a-glance version. And it's just that like little refresher, like, okay, I'm copying it. I can't copy and paste it on line item to line item. If there's 10 steps in the procedure, the consumer and client is going to see all 10 steps. And then at the end of that becomes the R&R and the cost of that repair. But does the consumer need to see all of that in your world? Now, some guys are saying, hey, well, it's way too much info. For me, what I'm doing is I'm using it to build value and understanding all at the same time within that repair procedures. I'm in for a diagnostic repair, diagnostic charge, you know, $200. Well, for me, it's here are the steps. Here's why we do it, Mr. Consumer. There's a paragraph. Things are complicated. Cars are new. Technology is big. Now, next in line would be step one. Review proper uh, procedures and technology. And then we go to step two, step three, three, four, all the way down to step five. Then it becomes the price. The price is always at the bottom so that the client reviews everything we're doing and then goes, oh, oh, now I see why these fees are what they are. Randy, uh, Tara, are you guys doing that to that level? No, but I enjoy that aspect of it. I'm actually on the other side where I will go in and say, what happens if I don't flush my brake fluid? Just very layman's terms. I mean, somewhat layman's terms answers, but we can actually put that in with our recommendations. So we can say, you know, we suggest you flush your brake fluid and here's why. So we do it a little bit more on the front side typically. And we also have a new service advisor who's trying to learn quickly and efficiently. And for her to train in and understand, it's way increasing the amount because she'd have to go to maybe like four or five other sites to try to be able to really learn about it, figure it out. She just has it right away and is learning at the same time that we're filling it in. You know, nothing tells a customer they need a new part faster than when they see a worn or broken one in their hands. Now, how do you do that in the digital age? Well, it's 
actually very easy. Thanks to DVX, you can send photos and videos within its messenger platform. It's like nothing else you've ever seen in an auto repair SMS before. Take the best of an Amazon-like experience and use it in your shop to show customers how great you are. DVX also makes it easy for customers to drop you a quick text or answer in the messenger bubble that arises from the repair order. It's like magic. Customers love seeing what they need to do and giving you a quick answer. You'll see your business's potential right in front of you. Your customers get on with their day and you get back to the repair. Everybody wins. It's time. Take it from me. GetShopware.com As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. You wouldn't encourage the service advisor to go to ChatGPT or any other AI and type that in. You would probably take what you liked about changing brake fluid, pull it, write it your way, and put it into a database so that you cut, copy, and paste. Because if it was left up to whatever shows up in the individual cut, copy, and paste, you may not be satisfied with it. It would look like an AI response. Right. Tara, you bring a great point. I'm actually educating the service advisor at the same time. When they see those 10 steps, five steps, whatever it is, with explanations Mm -hmm. and reasons, they can pull up that canned RO, that canned job. And let's put it this way. They're 75% knowledgeable. Maybe not 100%, but at least I can take somebody green and say, okay, here we go. This is what this is all about. Now, this is the truth. And then I, I'm just going through my first year numbers at Millsboro, my second location. I have two young men, one young man as the service advisor, never, never, ever was part of the automotive industry. All right. This young man has written over a million dollars worth of service in his first year because we are building tools that allow him to be educated and grow with everything that's presented to him. Now, it's simply not all about work orders, and but structuring your content within the confines of your daily operations allows your teams to grow, not intellectually, but help you grow financially without the questions coming back, well, why do I need this? Why do I do that? Using this structure, we are giving our underlings here and our newbies the ability to be more confident within the selling process or the recommendation process. So it's been a great experiment that I think has provided like just an amazing amount of value back to the company and helping the individuals as well. 
we're doing something similar. We're not doing anything in terms of the ROs or the communication with the customer, but we are using that. We've hired five people in the last six weeks to staff up for our new location. We have one male, one female, both young, never been in the auto industry. They're constantly going out between when they have downtime, going out and reading up to bone up on their experience in the auto industry. So they're using it for that. We have over 1,700 canned jobs right now. And I have two guys who have put those all together. These guys both type over 100 words a minute. It would vastly increase the amount of time if they were using AI to go and create these canned jobs. They just do it on their own and they're really quick. But as far as creating blog posts, articles to post on various channels, advertisements, I had an AI create an ad for my new shop. I said, give me a three-paragraph ad about opening a new European auto repair shop in a suburban Chicago location. It came up with a great basis for me to go through and edit and fine-tune it, and then turn it over to our ad copy graphic artist, who then put it together with a, for a print ad. That kind of stuff is really good. would seriously think about before using any kind of AI chatbot or anything that's going to be client-facing, because we're seeing a ton of AI products now being pitched out at the automotive industry. And I have to say, one of the really cool things, think about you know eight, nine years ago, the uptake in new technology from our peers in the auto industry and what it is like now. AI has come on in the last few months and people are just you know chomping at the bit to get it into their business and, and start utilizing it. Eight, nine years ago, new technologies would come up and people would be like, no, I'm not going there yet. Now, how long did it take us to get to DVIs being used throughout the industry? So that's a really good sign that our industry is finally embracing new technologies. But I would really, really caution everybody about don't swallow that fish whole. I mean, just start working on it and seeing these things that it puts out because there's a lot of issues with it. And one of them will come up later on as we move on the topic. But there's a real big one coming out. What is it, Andy? There's been a lot of talk going around just recently about the evolution of AI and how it's going to improve or maybe not, maybe actually degrade as it ages. This is my understanding because I've done a bit of reading. I've talked to a few people who are more knowledgeable than me, but my understanding of, of the way AI works, it's out there. It's like a web crawler. It's going and looking at the entire world of articles that are relevant to what you just asked through high power computing it is very language oriented. So you can ask it a question in normal language. You don't need to know how to code and it can come up with a pretty good answer. The problem is it refers to all published content out on the internet to gather its information then to put to produce an article. Well, as more and more published content is actually being written by AI and there are mistakes in it because it's a newer technology, it's going to be out there referencing more and more mistake-riddled pieces. Now, is that going to lead starting to get more and more duplicative mistakes and the mistakes build on each other? Or is it going to actually refine and get better? A lot of that, we have to wait and see. We also have to wait and see how the coders and the people who have created this, how they fine-tune it. But it's something to really be on the lookout for. Don't automatically assume that it's going to be getting better and better and better. Well, with that premise, would you think that if a company was able to get granular with that type of content gathering and were to make it individually available for each of our shops to take our own flavors, our own cultures and our own answers back to the client, you make it client facing. Is that a benefit? Uh, Is that something that can be done? 
with chat bots that are on websites and stuff like that. I mean, that's where I look at it as being a benefit to our consumer facing side, getting the real, you know, Midwest, getting your shop out, getting my shop out, getting Tyra and your shop. And these are our answers. These are our experiences. You know, this is what happened when uh, this 20 year old Porsche came in or when this, you know, 10 year old Chevy came in, things like that. I look forward to that because, you know, I have been fooling with chats, chatbots through various companies that have introduced them. And I found them interesting. I found them valuable, but the drop-off would always be a particular question, a question that client would ask and there was no answer. Or, or the answer would be, well, let me send you to the phone call to a live operator. I think now what we can do is, hey, you know what? Maybe I can answer that and get you really close, like 99%. And then drop you into the funnel. Like, okay, we've got that solved here. If you want to make the appointment, here it is now. I mean, this is what I look at. That though kind of goes back to what we had learned at the Auto Care Association. One of our keynote speakers talked about like one of the main rules about AI is it's okay to take from AI, but don't give to AI. So he was, you know, suggesting that we not put out our own content, that we not give them too much to go off of. And I don't know that I know the answer to that, but it was, really kind of a profound thought in my mind of, so what exactly does that mean? Like, don't we give to that by putting out content on our website? Anything we put out there gives to it. But maybe that's what you're talking about, Greg, is us actually being able to drive those answers. Like we all get to contribute to that. Right. And I've always stated that, you know, working with Google, all right, Google's a partnership. The more you give it, the more it gets, you know, and the more it gets, the more it gives back to you in terms of search. Like the more content you put out there, the better off you're going to be. Are you going to protect that content or are you trying to drive business to your shop? You're trying to drive business to your shop. So you could pay to just take from Google. I think that if we are to participate in it, we look at it. Where can we get the benefits from? What are we giving away? Are we correcting the wrong answers that people are getting? Are we helping? You know, and then again, the benefits back to the shop. It is a big question, but I think that the evolution will have them follow the same pattern as what Google or all the other search engines are. If they're giving you the opportunity to participate and partner with them, it's something to actually kind of consider. I got to throw in a whole concept at you. So here comes AI. You're looking at it and there's like a Yelp rating at the bottom as to how accurate was this information or worthy enough to you. They could go back and say, we know where our hierarchy of search is. And this individual who asked for it wasn't happy with our answer. And can we go back and continue to learn in the algorithm from the kind of content that we're delivering on? You know, Google is a content junkie, but it's for original content. Well, no, if you cut and paste articles, Google will penalize you. So I'm wondering how Google is going to rate AI-generated content because AI-generated content is going to start looking somewhat the same if we're not going in and really adding our own touches and our own style to it. And how much do you have to add to really make it original and break it away from that AI content? I think all of you said, you got to put some effort into it. There's a way that you create your content. There are rules you need to follow in order to make it beneficiary to you and your shop. Let's say that you have a, an office, like, a, like I'm in here. This is my computer. This is where I create my content. It is my IP address. It knows I'm in the Newport area. Anything I create is going to come from this. So if I have a photograph from the shop, I'm going to tag it. I'm going to put it in there, make it part of the article. If I have a video, it's going to come from 
a certain destination, a certain area. You have to put work into how you create the content in order to make it valuable to your specific location. So if I want to attract somebody within my marketing zone of three to five miles, great, fine. I need to put those little things in there. I need to put the town of Newport. I need to reference something that the bots will pick up and say, well, this is what happens in Newport, Delaware, or Wilmington, Delaware, or the state of Delaware. It's little things like that. So content creation is where we really got to understand how to maneuver with these new forms of communication. I love where we're going. Let's talk about jobs, any kind of jobs we may not have in our industry uh, that we would use this to replace any of them. Well, I'll tell you what. So that leads to a great piece. The Wall Street Journal had an article on, this is on the restaurant industry. I pay a lot of attention to outside industries because there's a ton of intelligence to be gained outside the automotive industry. So the journal had this article and a friend of mine posted it on his Substack page. 42% of consumers who dined out in May were frustrated by the lack of staff. But then he also, in this, in quotes, a, a really a famous chef from Chicago, Rick Bayless, in the article, who said, if you get the front of the house right with robots slash AI, you can pay more to the people in the back of the house, right? So your technicians, your really value-added people. So where I'm looking at incorporating these kind of technologies, the grunt work, get the repetitive, the guy on the factory floor who's putting the same bolt on for eight hours a day, automate that kind of stuff and retain that really high value added customer facing connection with your front office staff and then make that bring that to the back where they can be more efficient. It's all about efficiency, creating a better experience for your client and making your front and back of house run more efficiently. So and where we can do that, absolutely. But where are you thinking? Well, see, that's the thing with the chat AIs. I'm really afraid of going into that because that is often our one dedicated opportunity to connect one-on-one with our client, with our service advisor actually talking to that client. And a lot of our clients, I mean, make no mistake, a lot of them, they don't want us to call. It's all text, right? They don't want us to call. We do have the occasional who's, hey, can you explain this to me? But most of our clients are like, we send them the text that goes right from our SMS. I mean, it's super seamless, but it's the way that they want to be faced. But I don't want an AI robot taking over that like connected relationship with my client. That is the number one thing, I think. It is the relationship. Mm-hmm. So that is what we do differently as independent, you know, in the aftermarket. I think right now, AI is very clear to say, I do not have feelings. I cannot emit emotion. They tell you that all the time when they answer. Just at what point does emotion start coming into play? And we have to be able to discern. As human beings, we have to be able to discern. And we have to be able to, you know, invest in our relationships. So I think wherever that relationship happens is where we can't let something else come in and take over for us. Because then what's any different from my shop doing it any different than yours? Other than the proximity. Absolutely. Let me add into this. So if there was a way to fully bring in the personality of your client to your counter, would you appreciate that type of familiarity with the client pre-service, meaning that you knew they liked to be greeted with whatever they want to be, or they like the color blue or pink or green, or they drive 10,000 miles a year over rocky roads, or they vacationed in Italy, uh, they travel. 
that profiling is capable of being presented to us, not quite now, but I'm sure that within the next year or so, those type of elements for us to create a better relationship. Andy, your thing with the restaurant, if I walked into a restaurant and knew that I like to be seated by the window and I eat at 6.30 and my favorite meal is a steak, when I walked in, the person greeting me would go, Mr. Buckley, we have that seat available for you. Your steak coming up medium rare. We'll have the uh, bourbon for you ready to go. Anything else we can do for you? Honestly, if you were able to look at your already present analytics in your YouTube or your Google or you know GMB, whatever, you would start to see some of the breakdown of the personalities that your clients are coming through your social media. I mean, they may not all drive in and do business with you, but you can see what their profiles are. And truly, there are people who are involved with real estate, they automotive, uh, they raise rabbits. It doesn't matter. All those elements come through. So what I look at is having those come to me and my team so that I can profile them and work with them in a much better situation. So that's what I look forward to. One of the things that I loved that you said was, Mr. Buckley, here's your steak, here's your bourbon, we've got your favorite table. John DeGiulia's been on my show a couple of times, great author, customer service uh, experience expert, F-O-R-D. He believes you should have that on you know family, occupation, recreation, and dreams on every client. And if we could, in some form or fashion, in our CRMs, which are getting so much smarter today, they're almost becoming an AI thing. Imagine someone having a relationship, even if it was an online order, and having a chat, an AI chat bot communicating with a client. I'm a client of Greg's, and I just, I know I got a squealing on my brakes. I think I need a brake job. Hey, I need to come in, blah, blah, blah. Hey, good to see you again. Hopefully that alignment we did last time you were here and almost giving me that front of house intimacy, even though I'm not talking to somebody. And if I was talking to somebody, then my AI Buckley chat box would be up here giving me that personal profile of my customer right there, continuing in Tara's terms, that whole relationship thing. What a great discussion, because we're not only talking about what's here, but we're talking about what could be and then what could be tomorrow. So I'll tell you, you know, what's really interesting, the thought of, and I just came to me through what you're talking about. If I could for Paul or Brian or Amy in our Chicago office, if on our appointments page, it could say, I'm Amy's assistant. Can you just answer a couple things and I'll set up your appointment so that Amy can better serve you when you come in? Something like that would be fantastic. They know that they're talking to an AI chat, but it is I'm Amy's assistant. I'm Paul's assistant. Can you answer these three questions or just type a little bit about what your issue is? Something where it really personalizes. They know that we are using technology, but we're doing it on a personal level. Because that is exactly what you said. Our value is in that relationship. The local dealer here tried to do it about a year and a half ago where I, they had an automated check-in to pick up my car. My car was under warranty, so I took it there. It was a Porsche. So I took it to Porsche in Dallas, then automated check-in thing so I could fill out, do I want my car washed? What time am I going to pick it up? I put in, yes, please wash it. I'm going to pick it up at nine o'clock. I show up to go pick up the car. Guy comes out and says, our wash guy doesn't show up till 10, so we couldn't wash your car. I'm like, well, why was it even an option on your stupid check-in form, right? So let's make it smart. Let's not be dumb about it. So I had this wild thought 
And I'm going to say the word community, and I think you all can appreciate the strength of that and that, if you will, the forward-thinking community intimacy that we as local business people have to have. Imagine going to chat GPT or any AI and say, I want to be involved in a community endeavor that is helping people eat or get cars repaired and see what comes up. I think you could do that search on Google in the past, but I don't think anywhere near as powerful as you could on ChatGPT. Your thoughts? Well, it's funny that you mention that because I'm involving myself with a uh, an upstart web design company, and my vision was exactly what you are discussing here. Without you know mentioning names, the new site and it's live now. It's in its uh, infancy. It's from Millsboro. We are creating each of the communities that we serve. We are creating individual pages with live and active calendars so that the community can provide events to that page, to that calendar, and I can react as needed. We can draw information off of that, and that will be isolated to you know the developments, the communities, the townships, and Chamber of Commerce. So... That's exactly where I'm going because my feeling, my thoughts are we need to be more than automotive when we're starting to present ourselves out to communities. So why make it static, allow those communities to engage with us in multiple ways? So you can look at it now. You'll see where I've got uh, everything divided and pages are being created and where the calendars are, are almost in effect. But you'll see that evolve into what you just said. Title this, We Are More than just automotive. We're more than heads under a hood. The community needs us so bad. I know they know it, but I'm not sure they appreciate how much we care. It's You're just not a transaction. You're not a, an oil change. You are a we care about your vehicle, your safety, and your reliability. You, your family, the extended thing. There's so many more things that we can do. Wow. I don't know where else to go with this thing because there's a million other ways we can talk about it, but you're using verbiage, Tara, to even help in your SMS system. Am I right? Yes. I think Greg is doing it more on the technician side. I'm doing it more on the service advisor side is what I'm understanding. Greg's using it to write his story, what a technician writes their story, right? And it's also a legal document. So he's making sure that he's justifying his process, his procedure, and, and how he's taking care of people's vehicles. And I think on the other side, then we're helping people understand so that they don't have to go somewhere else and try to figure it out on their own. So I don't know if you guys are noticing that. It used to be that I had to understand everything because I had to somehow in layman's terms explain it to the people. People don't ask questions anymore. We give them information, they go figure it out for themselves, and then they come back and they make their decision a lot of times. So if I can be the person to give them the information that they need to be able to make that decision, then I get to control that, not whatever they find on Google or whatever they ask a chat GPT. Yeah, I think what I heard Greg say is he is using it for the customer facing. Am I right, Greg? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yes. Yes, on his RO, but I think it's more on the work that was done. It's on the invoice. But more what the technician does, what's actually been done. Yes, the procedure. Yes, you're right. Yes. More technical. And I'm more on the sales side, probably. But I will be soon doing what Greg does. (laughs) That's very smart. What can we continue to do to help our industry embrace it, learn from it, not copy it, add our own personality? I think the most important thing, and I can't really ever do a show without mentioning Bob Greenwood because he's still here with us, is that we all have to make sure that we are keeping the professionalism in the industry and keeping that bar high. You know, Bob talked about the new aftermarket, and I bet he had no idea what this even was, but now we all need to embrace it and really 
look into the future and help decide how is this going to help us be more professional and be recognized as not just a trade, but a professionalism. He always had that vision, didn't quite necessarily have it totally defined, but he knew it was a moving target. And, uh, and in the last couple of years, it has moved pretty fast, hasn't it? Wow. Thank you for uh, bringing Bob's name up. Craig, what have we not covered from your driver, the Mercedes driver story? Andy had mentioned it in a story about the breaking news about Mercedes offering AI into the cockpit, you know, through chat. And I come up with just a story about, no, make a left, make a right. And it was always like a how 2000 type scenario. But I think that could be really you actually because the car is now controlled electrically, you know, and electronically for every which way you can think of. You know, and that's a scenario to look at, and that's probably down the road a little bit. But, um, you know, in the meantime, my suggestion is is to really not go overboard with what you hear today or for folks out there watching, you're seeing three people who are experimenting with it. And the key word is experimenting, you know, and we're looking at ways to have advantages. And so are a bunch of other of our colleagues and other small businesses. But don't get into the hype that everything is AI generated. There's AI artificial intelligence. And then I say there's automated intelligence. And some of the things are different. You got to go back a while and, and understand how conditional logic is is brought into answers and stuff like that. That's a whole nother story. But in the meantime, the biggest thing I would tell you is don't get mentally lazy. Don't allow your own intelligence and experience to be taken over by an AI chatbot and leave it at that. It makes you lazy from the technical side, from the business side, and really from the marketing side. There's tools that can help us. You just don't want to become more stupid. You know what I mean? So I can always count on Greg for shooting the arrow and hitting the bullseye. Don't get mentally lazy. Oh, don't get stupid. And don't get more stupid. More stupid, right? If we rely on that, we will stop the creativity. I like to learn something new every day, and I think stretching your mind keeps you sharp. You, you have to listen to your intuition, not AI's intuition on things. And so, great point, Craig. Too bad we didn't do the driver and the Mercedes thing. Greg, do you have that uh, script in front of you? If you have it, I want to play the Mercedes role. Greg is going to be the driver in the car, and I'm going to be the car. All right, so I'm going to make a left turn to get to the pizza shop. Hold on there, Greg. Make a right turn because I think you'll arrive five minutes quicker. No, Mercedes. I'm making left because I know my way. Listen, Harold, I know better. And I can control your steering, your HVAC, your windows, and everything else. Basically, Harold, I'll keep you locked in my shell until you say, Uncle. F you, Mercedes. I'll shut you down and leave you behind. Harold, did I mention the door locks and ignition as well? Mercedes, I think that right turn makes sense. You know, my pizza will be five minutes hotter. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yes. But I like the other one that Greg threw in there was, uh, Harold, we're not going to the pizza place. You're 30 pounds overweight. We're going to the salad bar. <laughs> right? That's where you're really going to get people, people ticked off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what gets them to reject self-automated driving. So in five years, we're going to be laughing at what we just did. I would love it. I'd be scared, but it'd be crazy. I just got a video yesterday from my sister-in-law taking my niece to visit uh, Arizona State. Their tour around campus, they were driven 
in a Waymo-driven Jaguar SUV. No driver in the seat. No driver. Well, that's autonomy uh, five. Yeah, level five. Yeah, level five. I don't know. That'd be really, really scary. So this is really exciting stuff to me. I mean, all of these topics, all the new technologies coming out. And like I referenced earlier in the episode, the willingness of our industry to embrace these new technologies nowadays. I don't know if it's just a change in heart or if it's, a you know, you have a new generation coming up younger than me. But even at my age, I'm really excited about incorporating this new technology to really push our industry forward. And it emphasizes the need for owners to get out of the day-to-day operations of their shop. Because checking out this kind of stuff, looking into it, researching it, playing around with it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it brings another aspect of enjoyment to this industry. For me, at least, I'm sure it does for you, Greg. I know you love this stuff, right? But really emphasizing the fact that we are business owners. We are not shop owners. We're business owners. Hire the people to do the work. Hire the people to take care of your clients. And then you take care of your people, right? And use all these technologies. Check them out. There's a ton of things out there to be deployed. Go through it. Make the decision for yourself. Ask around. Ask your peers. Have you tried this? Have you done this? I have to say, every time I see a shop owner saying this business is done, EVs are coming, they're not going to need any work. This is, you know, it's a dead end industry. I just have to laugh because I think the opportunities are really exploding and they're, they're unlimited and it's an exciting time to be in the business. Tara Topol, Topol Service Center, Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Andy Bizzub, Midwest Performance Cars in Chicago, three locations. And Greg Buckley, Buckley's Auto Care, Wilmington and Millsboro, Delaware. Thank you so much. This was great. Our first AI discussion. It was actually profound and funny. What was my favorite word of the day? Soliloquy. And there was soliloquy inside. Thank you, guys. Thanks. All right. See you, guys. Thanks again, man. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 